welcome to Open Table, a bi-weekly college podcast created by Fredlin and sponsored by The Chronicle to help people share their opinions on social issues freely. If you enjoy listening to scholars with different views, this is your podcast. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Open Table Podcast. And today we have a very well organization on campus who are advocate and a support system um, for students who are undocumented. And here today, this organization, I'm gonna pass the floor down to Mel. Hi everyone, I'm Mel. I'm one of um, the I'm on the exec board for our organization. It's just called Everybody Comes In or ECI. Um, like Fredlin said, we are a big. Um, we are just starting out on campus actually, but we are an organization that likes to um, support and be a voice for minorities, especially undocumented students on campus. Um, we started an undocumented student ally training last year um, and we have we created an ally logo um, so that so that minority and undocumented students can know who to talk to which um, who, who will be supportive and safe to talk to yes yes and based on your introduction now because this is about students i'm not gonna go about um all immigrants in this country what are some challenges would you say um, students who are undocumented encounter on campus? Um, besides not knowing who exactly is safe to talk to, like that's a big one. Um, we did have a um, Customs and Border Patrol officer come to campus two years ago on campus without any warning. And that was a very scary time for many students. Um, and so I think just people are very underinformed about how, like the procedures and how to go about that if we ever do have Customs and Border Patrol visit again, if there's ever an ICE raid, what to do and what their rights are. Um, and so I feel like we need, we've been spreading more information, having guest speakers, passing out flyers, really trying to get the word out about um, your people's rights and what they can do to stand up for themselves in those situations. And then I kind of wanted to add on to what Mel said about how, you know, obviously the undocumented students have that struggle, but also, you know, there's people that want to be allies and don't know how to do it. So that's a uh, sort of a like a struggle to know how to be a good ally to those undocumented students. So together, it's easier to, you know, figure things out. Yes. Emily, do you have anything to add to that? Um, like you asked about struggles um, and like kind of just different hiccups that we've gone through. And so while we have been able to achieve all of those things, we did have some problems in the beginning, just because this is a very sensitive uh, topic for a lot of people um, and administration, especially in different institutions, they can have, um, they're very hesitant to approach and to like actually label this as a problem on their institution. Um, so we definitely came into some roadblocks with that, trying to um, introduce our different protocols and suggestions. Um, but luckily we did 
make some compromises. While of course we didn't get exactly what we were hoping for, um, we were able to compromise with our administration and kind of work it out, but the fight's not over. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And as you said, the fight is not over. And for students, it can be a very difficult space, you know, um, but fortunately enough, this is a private school, it's not a public school. Um, so the rules are somewhat different compared to a public school. Um, would you say it's there is some financial struggle for students who are undocumented on campus? Um, I, I guess I'll jump in on this one. I would say absolutely, um, because first of all, like with loans, there are, there's a much different way that you have to go about applying for loans because sometimes federal aid can make you a target. Um, and so I don't know if anyone else has anything to add. I just know that there is a much different road um, with a lot more intricacies on how you have to handle things in order for undocumented students to get funding for school, which makes it more difficult for them to think that that's a possibility, which lowers the amount of undocumented students who, who are enrolled in classes because they don't have the same accessibility to the funding. Mm -hmm. Definitely and going off that. So yeah, definitely things like organizations like FAFSA or other federal loans. It's much more challenging for undocumented students to have access to that. And the federal government's gonna be much less supportive of undocumented students. Um, also in terms of like insurance, um, just they don't know like go, going about getting like things like medical insurance, especially um, since this is like, um, many undocumented students, like their families are new to this country. It's, um, it's they don't know like how to uh, go about getting that insurance. And then again, the federal government makes it very difficult for um, undocumented people and undocumented students to have access to some quality healthcare, quality health insurance and things like that. All right, Jasmine, do you want to add something? Uh yeah, sure. So uh, Mel and Emily covered a lot. I feel like also um, when undocumented students are trying to apply for such programs, they also ask a lot of like familial information. So even the family can be hesitant to give that information to the government because they are scared of like what might come if they, that makes them a target. So it's just kind of a whole problem, not just for the student, but with those involved with the student. Yes, yes. And um, when I'm speaking of finances, um, can I know federal aid are very difficult for students who are undocumented. Um, what about private scholarships? So yeah, private scholarships are definitely a good option. There are many other um, forms of financial aid available to undocumented students besides just the federal loans. Um, yeah, and so there are many other opportunities for private through like institutions such as like your university or your school um, that will be open to all students. I would definitely add on, <clears throat> excuse me, that it's it's harder to get those um, those scholarships and those grants, um, especially if you don't know, like for for a family who is first generation, um, they might not know how to like easily just fill out a financial request form or 
like a scholarship or writing this essay or something because there's so much um, like underlying knowledge that you don't really just get taught about how to apply for that kind of thing. So it makes it even much harder to access for those students because there's kind of this unspoken direction manual that many people do not have and do not have access to. Yes, yes. So outside of the financial burden, is there any language barriers that um, some undocumented students might uh, have or face? Yeah, um, so we actually did a presentation on this last year. We had a, an event on, on this um, with Dr. Patricia Bayona. Um, so she she discussed, it's, it was actually called language and barriers. So you hit it right on the spot with that. Um, kind of talking about not only undocumented students, but students in general whose primary language is not English, um, making it much more difficult to go through schooling um, with adequate accommodations so that they can learn in the same environment in the same way. Um, but hopefully, I mean, I don't know, you'll have to ask Mel and Joss, but hopefully we could have something like that this year too. So definitely stay tuned for that because um, you're absolutely right. That is a huge, huge obstacle. Yeah, I just wanted to add on a little bit too. Um, a lot of times, even when other students or other faculty, like there's, I think there's a lot of discrimination that goes on against people whose English is not their first language, unfortunately. Um, and when people hear like an accent, when people like hear people stumbling over their words in English, then um, there tends to, there's a lot of assumptions made that maybe they're like, not as smart or they're not as um, educated, which um, are very harmful and does a lot like of harm to the self-esteem of people who uh, English is not their first language. And that's like, you know, by no means a bad thing or their fault or anything like that. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, Jasmine, do you want to say something? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think also that um, just retaining the material that is covered in classes can be a little bit more difficult because they only teach it in, you know, in English. And it's hard to find resources where you can like ask someone how to understand it in a way that for you in your language makes a little bit more, more sense. Yes, and that is something I am uh, uh, a witness to because English is not something I learned at home. It's something I learned in school. Um, growing up, obviously, I speak very differently <laughs> from compared to most of my peers. And because of that, I do witness the mistreatment or the jokes people would make that they think is funny when we're like, it's not funny to me as the person who is on the other side out receiving those jokes. And yeah, so that's something I do understand. And now with that said, I wanted to ask, um, what is the difference be between a student who is a DACA and students who are undocumented? DACA is obviously a program that um, is somewhat of a protection for undocumented students um, who are living in America, but um, it requires like constant renewal and it's always in constant endangerment, the program of DACA because uh, the, the government, the federal government is constantly um, trying to shoot it down basically. Um, 
in a lot of ways. And so it, although it does serve as some protection, it's not like a permanent thing. Um, and it's um, not, but it's like a step, like it's like, a, at least for undocumented students, it does provide some sort of um, protection and like relief that hopefully um, you can't be deported as easily and, and stuff like that. Um, and adding on to that, um, kind of like Mel said, it's always this, it's, it's not a for sure protection because as we've known over just the past four years, we have seen, while well, we've all been in school, we've seen DACA be challenged multiple times by Supreme Court, by different presidents in office. Um, and there's always, um, it's, I would say, I mean, I, I guess I can't obviously speak for that, but with since you asked versus um, or DACA versus undocumented, just because DACA kind of has that overlying protection, it doesn't mean that there is anywhere, it doesn't really give anyone a safe place. It is, it's more like a coverage over the top um, that kind of gives them these abilities, but it's always up in the air, um, which I feel like still gives them the same problems as an undocumented student because they don't have that safe place. They don't have somewhere where they can be sure they can go learn as they should be able to without having to worry about being displaced or targeted because of their immigration status. Um, Jasmine, do you want to do something? Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, luckily DACA does give a little bit more opportunities to compare to those that are undocumented. But even so, when you go past undergraduate and you just wanna to go to um, graduate school or even anything further than that, you have to be very specific to look at the programs to see if they even accept DACA students because it will blankly say if they are willing to take it or not. So it does give more opportunities, but it's still more limiting than just, you know, having all the, uh, the opportunity uh, is given to you. Yes, and you guys hit the nail on, on this. Um, especially to that, I would like to add that DACA students are also not eligible for FAFSA, you know? So it's something that is very unfortunate. That is very unfortunate. Now, with that said, um, I guess I would say, what can North Central Camp not not central college or any college do to make us safe and welcoming um, and also a place where they could at least help those obstacles and for students who are undocumented so institution wide um there are many institutions out there who label themselves as a sanctuary campus um uh, last year, actually, ECI sort of petitioned the administration to label North Central as a sanctuary campus. Um, and we sort of reached this compromise where um, I, I was just saying we reached like a compromise with the administration because um, they maybe didn't appreciate the term like sanctuary campus as much because they thought it would like, um, I don't know, like attract undocumented students or something and they didn't want that, I don't know. And um, they, and so 
we reached a compromise of saying like a welcoming campus, um, which is very similar to the term like sanctuary campus, but it's basically just like a formal statement, a formal policy for all incoming and current students to know that if you're undocumented, you're safe here and we will do our best to protect from, um, from federal agencies such as ICE and, and Customs and Border Patrol. Mm. Mm -hmm. Emily. I wanted to make sure I didn't speak over Joss. Um, and so in addition, like Mel, you covered all the bases. Like obviously that is something major that an institution or any college across the country could be doing. Um, luckily we got somewhere. I know there are a lot of institutions that would right off the bat shoot that down. So that was something that like, I do want to acknowledge <laughs> like that was a, a big step for our group and for the school in general. Um, but as for like other than administration having control over it for our students and faculty, um, Mel mentioned that we had um, we have the undocumented student ally stickers. Um, so we actually have an ally training that hopefully we'll be offering two times this um, year. So if you're listening and you want to do that, you have many opportunities. Um, and hopefully we're hoping that you can have um, or that undocumented students will see these stickers around campus, knowing that they're in a safe space more than just this overarching welcoming campus um, kind of statement that we know that the administration's not completely behind. Um, and so that as well as different programs, or we also in, um, updated the hub. We have been working with the Office of Multicultural Affairs to include different resource pages on the hub so that all students have access to different resources from um, their rights if they were ever questioned or um, hopefully maybe we can give you a link and you can add it on. So if people wanted to look at those resources, they could, but Stephanie Rodriguez, we should give a shout out to for sure. She has helped us so much with this process and have, has been such a great resource to us to then increase the resources on campus. Yes, yes, Jocelyn. Yeah, I mean, I think what Mel and Emily covered, the general theme is educating others. So, you know, educating the faculty, educating um, the students of the campus about what it is that the undocumented students go through. Um, would it be the key to solving a lot of their issues and feeling them, making them feel safe? But also, I think uh, maybe incorporating a topic in programs like First Gen, where you'd probably find a, a larger majority of them participants being undocumented without having to expose themselves as being undocumented, but just integrating that topic in those programs so that I know it's being talked about and, you know, considered. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, you guys. Thank you for letting me know about this. Um, it's, it's, it doesn't sit well with me that the college wanted to change the language to a welcoming place. It's, uh, you, some, Someone would thought that they would want to have the best, um, to create the most welcoming environment. So yes, but at least there was a compromise and Stefania is a great person. Um, well, besides the institution and educating people, um, what, um, or like students, one-to-one-to-one -to -one -to -one friends, or like, what can we do to support one another um just having the conversation i think with um all of your friends 
know, like letting them know that you are going to be a supportive confidant for them if they ever want to talk about issues regarding immigration status and that um, you are an ally and that, um, yeah, just being like an ear for them to listen and to have and to sympathize with um, some of their problems, I think is very much like appreciated and very valuable. Make it known that you are supportive of them. Um, so obviously everything that Mel said on top of, you know, if you can, if you then, so my, my thought process is, is there are the undocumented students on campus. And then we also have all of the other students on campus who might not know about the risk to undocumented students or all of the obstacles that undocumented students go through. And so if we are able to educate the entire college campus on that, it would make it a much safer place. And that, of course, is going back to our different programs and different um, uh, efforts that we've we've used to try and do that. But I think if an if a student was choosing to open up to somebody, knowing that they had gone through an ally training or knowing that they had been to a language and barriers event, that can make them so much more comfortable knowing that they have that support and that the other person is at least knowledgeable on the topic. Um, and that can go a long way. Um, adding on to what they said, I think also not only just around support, but making sure that they know that you won't see them differently if they disclose their status, like, you know, that doesn't define them. And, you know, also knowing how to help them overcome their obstacles, for example, helping them network. If you know that if you have more connections and you hate, you give them a hand connecting them with someone that's helpful to so just making sure that you treat them as, you know, as anybody else. Yes, yes, and yes, thank you so much again. Um, a question that just popped out of my mind, it's not something I just wanted to ask, because that's something I'm curious about. For a lot of um, people in this country who are undocumented, they are afraid of interaction with the police, you know, because sometimes you can't tell um, if you get arrested or like, because time and time again, you hear stories about people getting arrested and then they turn them to the ICE deportation. Um, do you, um, I know that campus safety on campus is not the same as like a real police, but do students who are undocumented also have a fear of campus safety and interacting with campus safety? I feel like that might be very reasonable to expect. Um, just because campus safety, I mean, isn't an official police department, it's still like um, students might associate and have negative experiences with like real quote unquote police officers. And so um, that might carry over just like their experiences and their negative associations. Um, definitely might carry over to campus safety, even if campus safety in like reality is nothing to be like afraid of is uh, very reasonable and very like logical to um, for undocumented students to not want or to want to avoid interactions with the campus safety for sure. Yeah, I mean, I would second that. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I can't speak on like if that is something that an undocumented student experiences, but like Mel said, that seems very reasonable because there are hints of law enforcement, you know, which which is always going to be something that 
is a significant or extra barrier for someone who has a different immigration status. Um, and so it would make sense that if there was, if they were being questioned or something like that had happened with campus safety, that it would create those feelings of fear and uncomfort um, because just because of the hints of that law enforcement idea or authority. Yes, yes, Jasmine? I think they covered it really well. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, and that's something I I agree with too because that's it seems it seems logical and understandable why why people would fear that especially if you are someone who experienced that or see that in the news you know uh, now with that said I the follow up question is that each one of you is there anything that you want the listeners to take away from this or is there something that you want the listeners to know about um, students who are undocumented on campus? Um, I'll go first. I, I think that um, if the listeners, for those listeners who are undocumented, knowing that you do have allies on campus, not only us, but um, on all ECI members, but um, you can start looking for those ally stickers around campus and knowing that um, We've brought the issue up to administration, knowing that there's people in administration like Stephania, who you can talk to, um, who have your back. Um, for those listeners who are documented, who are citizens, um, just knowing, I think um, it's just important to sympathize with all people, like in general, but specifically like um, trying to put yourself in the shoes of undocumented students and maybe the struggles that they face. Um, before you go around making assumptions and generalizations about people. Um, and also just as a shout out for ECI that if you want to be more involved and want to get one of those stickers and have people and like really be educated on this topic to come to one of our ally trainings that is also co-sponsored by the Office of Multicultural Affairs, that's a very real step that you can take. Um, I would just add that no matter who you are, you're not alone. If you're listening to this, um, ECI, while this has been a conversation focused on undocumented students and the support we're trying to provide for them, we are also open to inclusion issues of any kind. So if you're an individual who has noticed something on campus or just in general, um, something that you want to have a forum about, a discussion about with other students, or if it's something that it's a question that you have that you might not know where else to get answered, you can come to our group because that's what we're here for. We want to make sure there's support for um, kind of those we we've talked about it before controversial controversial inclusion issues that a lot of people fear bringing up um, because we have the like kind of the foundation of a organized group. Um, we are hopeful that we would have the resources and the power to help that situation. So that's something, and it can be anonymous, you know, just, just make it known to us. And I promise that the three of us will do something to help that situation. Yeah, and adding on to that, yeah, like you are supported and also that you are heard. Don't be afraid to try and look for organizations like ECI that will be there to give you a support system because, you know, you matter just as much as any student on this campus. You're part of this community. And we want to make sure that North Central is just really 
is aware of all the individuals that make 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 it up and that we all feel safe in this environment. Yes, thank you so much. And just before we go, I uh, just remember this question. Um, words, people always say uh, your words carry power. Be careful with your words. And now I wanna say, um, is it um, better to say um, students who are undocumented or undocumented student? Because I know that was a huge topic um last year with other immigration thing where people were calling people illegal and then your people of people there are people before any status so it's people who are illegal it's not illegal people you know um with that i wanted to ask like what language is like uh more respectful or what do you guys would say is more respectful students who are undocumented or undocumented students um, I can start with that one. I believe that saying that they're undocumented has a better connotation than saying illegal because the word illegal makes it seem like they're here um, and it's a crime for them to be here versus just the situation. Like they're here and they don't have documents, but you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing. So it'd be tomorrow much more appropriate to say undocumented for sure. Yeah, and I think definitely like what you were saying, Fred, like you say people without documents or people um, who are undocumented versus and students who are undocumented versus I think that does make a difference too, like which word you even put first, um, like what word you want people to hear first. And yeah, people and students here are students foremost, like almost the foremost. So, yeah. Yes, yes. M, Emily? I mean, they really hit every important spot, but I mean, I'm all for language. I am a huge, um, I'm a huge supporter of the, the words we say have impact on the people who are hearing them. Um, and so obviously if you're trying to learn <clears throat> how to be more inclusive, this would be in like a great place to start. So um, making sure that the way that you're discussing and talking about individuals who may have a different identity than you, um, making sure it's not offensive um, and maybe thinking about it, if someone were to label you in that way, would you find it offensive? Um, like, because if you're saying that this person is this and then they're a person versus saying they're a person who might have this, this documentation status or this identity, that puts them as a person first and everybody is a person first. Yes, yes. Mel, you want to say something? Oh, no, I just, I really enjoy what Emily said. I think that's right on the net nail. Like, that's great. Yes. So thank you so much for each one of you. I appreciate your time. And please, please, please don't be a stranger and come back to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you notify when a new episode is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening and I hope that you learned something new today.